6 and beginning uh, with verse number 10. Amen. If you haven't, say amen. 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 We'll wait on a few more. Daniel chapter number 6 and verse number 10. We're going to read a few verses of scripture here tonight. Amen. Daniel chapter number 6 and verse number 10, and it reads like this. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house and his windows being open. In his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Amen. Verse 11 says, then these men assembled. There were people that wanted to dispose of Daniel because they did not like this man, Daniel, who was high in the kingdom and that God was using and God was anointing. And there came people against Daniel and they made a decree just to give you a few details that uh, whoever uh, did not pray to uh, the king uh, would be thrown into a lion's den. And so here we find ourselves in Daniel chapter six and verse uh, 10 and 11. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. Then. They came near and spake before the king concerning the king's decree. And they said it like this. Hast thou not signed a decree that every man that shall ask a petition of any God or man within 30 days, save of thee, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? So if he had a prayer, it had to be uh, from it had to be directed to the king. It could be of anybody else for 30 days. And if you did, you were thrown into the lion's den. The king answered and said, The thing is true, according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not, or which cannot change. Then answered they and said before the king, That Daniel, which is of the children of the captivity of Judah, regardeth not thee, O king, nor the decree that thou hast signed, but maketh his petition three times a day. Then the king, when he heard these words, was sore displeased with himself, not with Daniel, but with himself. In other words, he had some regret for the law that he signed uh, into uh, existence. Uh, And he was displeased with himself and set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. In other words, he tried to go about to change the law and see what he could do to set Daniel free. Amen. And he labored, the Bible says, till the going down of the sun to deliver him. He the king did everything in his power to try to get Daniel off the hook, but alas, he was unsuccessful in changing the law. And verse 15 says, Then these men assembled unto the king and said unto the king, Know, O king, that the law of the Medes and Persians is that no decree nor statute which the king established may be changed. Then the king commanded, and they brought Daniel. And cast him into the den of lions. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel. Thy God whom thou servest continually. He will deliver thee. Verse 17 says. And a stone was brought and laid upon the mouth of the den. And the king sealed it with his own signet. And with the signet of his lords. That the purpose might not be changed concerning Daniel. Just a few more verses. Amen. Bear with me tonight. Verse 18, then the king went to his palace 
and passed the night fasting. Neither were instruments of music brought before him. And his sleep went from him. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste unto the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel. And the king spake and said unto Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God whom thou servest continually able to deliver thee from the lions? In verse 21, we hear the miracle response that came back from that den of lions. Then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. My God hath sent his angel and hath shut the lions' mouths that they have not hurt me. For as much as before him innocency was found in me and also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. Then was the king exceeding glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no manner of hurt was found upon him because he believed in his God. Amen. And for a few moments tonight, I want to just preach on this subject. God doesn't forget his children. God doesn't forget his children. Amen. Would you help me pray tonight? Lord, we thank you for the word of the Lord that we've read here in our hearing tonight. We thank you for the privilege that we have of coming to this house. We thank you for the presence of God that is in this place tonight, Lord. And I do believe, God, you want to speak to this people. I do believe, God, you want to move in this house tonight. And God, I pray, Lord, you would stir up somebody's faith. Stir somebody's heart tonight, Lord. Let the Holy Ghost sweep in this house. Let the Holy Ghost have His way. Lead us and guide us. Anoint my lips of clay. Anoint every heart and every mind to be receptive to Your voice and to Your Word tonight, Lord. Move us forward in You tonight. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Before you're seated, why don't you clap your hands and worship the Lord tonight. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, we love you, Lord. the name of the Lord. You can be seated tonight for a few moments. Amen. And I'm hoping you're going to preach with me tonight and allow the Holy Ghost to have his way. Amen. Another verse of scripture, amen, that Sister Gina might have on the screen is Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse 39. And it is uh, tied in in principle to this story tonight. Deuteronomy chapter 32 and 39 And I'm kind of skipping around in my notes already. Uh, But Deuteronomy 32 and 39 says, See now that I, even I, am he. And there is no God with me. Amen. There's there's one God. And we'll stop and talk about it for a few moments. There's one God. There's not three gods. There's not three persons in one Godhead. There's one God. And there's no other God besides that God. And that God's name is Jesus. And that God said, there is no God with me. He said, I kill and I make alive. Amen. I kill and I make alive. Amen. Sometimes we think the devil is the one that kills. 
and God is the only one that makes alive. But the Lord himself said, I kill and I make alive. Amen. That scripture continues and it says, I wound and I heal. And other times we think that the devil's the one that comes along and he wounds us. And he throws something our way and the devil's mad at us. uh, And the devil is angry with us. But the devil doesn't have as much power as we give him in our minds. Because this scripture says that God, amen, says, I kill, I make alive, I wound, and I heal. And it says, neither is there any that can deliver out of my hand. And one preacher said in regards to this particular verse of scripture, he said, if this is the case and God kills and God makes alive, God wounds and God heals, then hell ain't in charge of anything tonight. Amen. But God, on the contrary, is in charge of everything tonight. Amen. God is not a God that exists in an out of control state, in a state of chaos and disorganization. Amen. But God is in charge of everything. I want you to shout that word everything back to me tonight. Say it one more time. Everything. God is in charge of everything. Amen. There's no area in your life, there's no place in this world in which God is out of control. In which God does not have complete command and control over the situation. No matter what you go through in your life, God is in control. No matter what sickness you face in your life, God is in control. No matter if you're staring death in the face, God is in control. No matter if you're dealing with wounds and hurts in your heart and in your mind and in your soul, God is in control tonight. I wish somebody believed that tonight. God is in control tonight. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. And hell's not in charge of anything tonight. And in this particular story in the book of Daniel, amen, that man of God that was very, very consistent in his walk with the Lord. Daniel, amen, the prophet Daniel that we're reading about tonight was very consistent, very persistent in his walk with God. He wasn't antagonistic and, 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 and being ostentatious in his living for God. And it wasn't in your face uh, living for God. But it was, it was just, I'm going to live for God for myself. I'm going to live for God and be consistent. Amen. The Bible says that his window uh, to his house was already open when the decree went forth from the king that no one should pray to any other gods but King Darius. Uh, the decree went forth. Daniel didn't at that particular moment go home and open his window and say, well, I'm going to show them. I'm going to keep praying. No, he was already doing these things. He was already living for God uh, out loud. He was already living for God on purpose. And then when he was faced with a difficult situation in his life and it seemed like the world was coming against him and the kingdom uh, that he was a part of was coming against him. Amen. Daniel did what he kept, what he always did. And he remained faithful, Brother Noah, in his praying and his living for God. And when things came against him, he said, I'm just going to keep being faithful. Amen. I wish we had some people in this house that knew, amen, no matter what happens in my life, I'm just going to keep being faithful to God. I'm going to live for God. Come hell or high water tonight. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to serve Him with all of my heart. Hallelujah. Hell's not in charge of anything. And God certainly tonight doesn't forget about His children. 
Amen. I Not a moment goes by in the day that I don't think about my daughter and my wife. And I'm always thinking, I want, I want to come home as soon as I can, Brother Danny, and see my baby girl. I want to come home, and I want to spend as much time as I can with her. And it's probably to my detriment sometimes because I don't get a lot of other stuff done like I used to, but I just want to spend time. And can I tell you tonight that God is constantly thinking about you. God is constantly thinking about his children. God's mind is constantly on uh, Sister Gina Hall. And God's thinking, man, I sure do love that girl. I sure do want to do great things in her life. And so on and so forth with others in this church. God doesn't forget about his people. And when you go through a storm or a trial or a situation in your life, and it seems like, and in your mind, uh, the devil may whisper and say, God has forgotten about you. God doesn't know where you are. God's out of control. Amen. You reach the far end of God's reach, and God cannot help you anymore. You're beyond his reach. I'm going to tell you today, the devil's still a liar, and the truth is not in him. Amen. God's got his eyes of this group of people tonight. Hallelujah, I believe that. But the thing was in the story of Daniel, he realized that his duty to God, his obligation to his God, his relationship to his God, it had to take precedence. It had to take priority over every other human obligation. And this is where we fall short many times in living for God. Is we look at our walk with God and our duty to the Lord and, and our, our, our duty to come to church and, and to be faithful living for God. Our duty to pay tithes. And, and we look at our duties to God and we, we say, well, those are subordinate to the other demands in life. And we begin to get off course and we begin to get out of alignment. Amen. But you've got to understand, amen, if you are going to go through some fires, if you're going to go through some lion's dens, amen, you've got to make sure that your duty to God, your relationship to God, amen, takes precedence over every other thing in this world. My my duty, amen, of, of a relationship to God takes precedence over my relationship with my wife. That's how serious and how close God wants to get in our lives. My my relationship with God takes precedence over my relationship with my wife and with my baby girl. Because God wants to be number one in my life. God God wants to bless us and give us uh, family and and multiply and replenish the earth and give us blessings and prosper us. But God wants to stay number one in our lives. And the moment we begin to say, well, you know what? I'm going to subordinate the things of God to, to suit my fancy and to, to accommodate the, the busyness of life and to accommodate my children's demands and my spouse's demands and all of these things. And we begin to get out of alignment. And God says, you've got to stay right here where I put you. You've got to make sure that he takes precedence. He takes priority over everything else in this world. He's got to be number one in our lives. Daniel was a servant of King Darius, and the law of the king was absolute. And yet Daniel had no hesitation in setting this at defiance in obedience to the higher service of God. Daniel was even, can I tell you, a friend of King Darius. King Darius loved Daniel. He he didn't want to see Daniel perish. He wanted to see Daniel's well-being in life. But Daniel began to put, and he, he always he continued to just keep putting God first in his life. God came before his friends. 
God came before his family. God came before his country. God came before the, the law of the land. God was number one in his life. And if we as a church are going to go through this age and be victorious and be the church that God wants us to be, we've got to, we've got to make sure, amen, that we get a hold of it right now on this particular day that we're living and say, God, your law is above every other law. I'm going to please God. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to do what's right. Amen. No matter how hard it gets, if the government comes against me and makes laws against my walk with God and against reading my Bible, God, you're number one. And God, if I got to go to a lion's den, then so be it. But God will sustain me. And God will make a way. All through life, there are similar cases. And there are going to be always in our lives similar cases and similar situations in which lower obligations are canceled by higher ones. And because we don't understand what's a priority, what's important, there's going to always be the temptation to cancel out a lower obligation. Or to cancel out a higher obligation for a lower one. But in the living this life, we've got to understand, you know what? My highest obligation is Him. It's living for God. It's pleasing Him. It's being right with God. And that's my highest obligation. And I'm going to cancel anything that gets in the way of that number one obligation in my life, in my walk with God. If anything comes between me and the man of God, if anything comes between me and, and the, the things of God, it's got to go. It's got to be canceled out. You say, well, I got, I got friends that they don't like the pastor and so on and so forth. You've got to get rid of those. Because you've got to stay in right fellowship with God and the man of God in your life. You've got to make sure, hey, nothing's going to put, put, put a wedge between me and my God or me and my man of God. And I'm going to always do what's right. I'm going to make sure that my duty to God takes precedence over every other human obligation in this world. The second thing we see tonight, I'm taking a slight detour for a few moments. The second thing that we see in the story of Daniel and this particular scenario in his life is that those who make unjust attacks upon the innocent often bring about their own ruin. You've got to be careful who you decide to fight against in your life. You've got to be careful who you decide to fight against and, to, and which battles you choose in this life. Because God will always preserve his man. God will always preserve his purpose in this world. And there's going to be people that seek to put a wedge between you and the man of God, you and the kingdom of God, you and your complete purpose in God. And you've got to make sure, you know what, I'm going to choose my battles wisely. And I'm going to make sure that everything's right with me and my man of God. Everything's right with me and the perfect will of God in my life. And Daniel, Daniel was a man of prayer. We preached last Wednesday night about prayer and fasting and I preached it with all of my heart prayer and fasting prayer and fasting my prayers since last Wednesday there's there was hopefully there's been several that have taken that up and have prayed and have committed a day of fasting or a meal of fasting and said God I'm going to put you first but Daniel was a man of prayer and fasting 
Daniel was not forgetful of his God in spite of the distractions of court life. We're getting somewhere in the story of Daniel, but I want to let you know a little bit about this man, Daniel, and the things uh, that concern his life. Daniel was not forgetful of his God in spite of the distractions of court life. Daniel, God had given him the ability to do what he did, Brother Lorenzo, and to serve in the king's palace and to uh, uh, conduct official business and do all these things throughout the land. And yet in the midst of all of his business, business, Daniel did not forget his God. Daniel remained true every single day. I'm going to pray every single day. I'm going to read the word of God out. I'm going to read it every single day. I'm going to work on my relationship with God. Amen. You can get busy. You can, you can achieve great things in life. And you can go here and there and climb the corporate ladder if you will. Amen. But make sure that God is number one. You go off to college, Brother Nathan. You're going to go off to college in a, in, a, in a few short weeks. And you're going to get busy. And there's going to be workloads that get upon you. And you got to make sure that in spite of all the workload that's being placed upon you, God still is number one. And there's still a strong prayer life and a dedication to the Word of God. And as other young people decide to go to college and school and work, He's got to remain number one in your life. He's got to remain number one. Daniel was in a heathen court, and yet he remained faithful to the one true God. You say, well, I can't live for God in this job because there's a lot of sinner people here. Really? It's time to grow up. It's time to get enough Holy Ghost in you that you can live for God in in, in a worldly job environment and say, you know what? Uh, I'm going to allow the Holy Ghost to get inside of me and I'm going to change this environment. I'm not going to be intimidated by the things of this world. I'm going to say, God, just give me a little bit more Holy Ghost, Brother Danny, so that I can overcome, so that I can be a witness, so that I can shine the light of the glory of God in this job. Amen. Daniel worked in a heathen court with people that hated him, that hated God. And yet he still lived an overcoming life. He remained faithful to God. It was a dissolute court, yet he lived in devotion to the God of holiness. He lived for God in a difficult situation. And so many people today, amen, will oftentimes offer the, uh, the excuse, say, well, I can't live for God. It's so hard where I'm at. I can't live for God because uh, the job that I work at, they play worldly music or the job that I work at. There's people that cuss and there's people. And you know what? God has given you the Holy Ghost to overcome and to change your world and to change the environment. And you can be the voice of reason, and the voice of truth in your world. And if it's worldly music on a job, you just go over there and so graciously change the station to KYCC or Caleb or whatever. And you put in something godly, something wholesome. And you be that influence. You be that light. You let your light shine. Daniel was consistent in living for God. Daniel found time for prayer among the many claims of a busy life. He had the responsibilities attended on the highest office in the kingdom. And he fulfilled them so well that his most jealous enemies could find no fault with him. And yet he did not regard his public duties as an excuse for the neglect of prayer. He was conducting official business and he was very busy, no doubt, in the kingdom of Darius. And he was doing everything he could, but he made sure. I'm going to make sure that God is number one. I'm going to make sure that I'm still praying every day. 
every day. And the world around him saw, you know what? That man, Daniel, he's nearly flawless. In fact, he prays every day. Every single day, Daniel prayed. What would happen? What kind of testimony could we leave if we prayed every single day? Three times a day. Daniel went up a notch. I'm going to pray every day, three times a day. I'm going to make sure my mind stayed upon the Lord. God's going to help me at breakfast, at lunchtime, at dinner time, At sunrise, at midday, and at sunset. God's going to be at work in my life. I'm going to have a constant mind of prayer. Amen. Daniel practiced regular habits of prayer. He continued to practice regular habits of prayer. And... Uh, there is so much we could talk about in the man Daniel. But Daniel lived this kind of a lifestyle. He was dependable. God could count upon him. God could depend upon Daniel to pray. God was uh, looking at Daniel's life and said, that man is going to just keep being consistent no matter what comes his way. And when the time came and, and those began to those people began to plot against Daniel and they began to say, well, you know what? We need to figure out a way to dispose of Daniel because we don't like him and, and all of these other things. Amen. They, they began to coordinate with the king and, and concoct a new law uh, that would increase Incriminate Daniel in his behavior, in his lifestyle. And there may be people in your world that don't like you. There may be people in your world. There's people in my world that don't like me. My job is not to fight them. Your job is not to fight them. Your job is not to go back and, and argue with them and go back and forth. Your job is to be consistent and love God and serve God and just do what's right and keep a right spirit and go forward in God and, and not look to the left or to the right and just say, God, I'm going to go forward. I'm going to live for you. Because in the midst of that consecration, that focus, you can see what God's doing in your life. When people come against you and people try to wrong you and people try to lie upon you, people try to cheat on you and they try to come against you and you're wondering, amen, what's going on in my world? Everything's being turned upside down. I've been living for God. I wonder what went through Daniel's mind. I wonder what what, what went through Daniel's mind when he thought, I've been living for God. I've been serving God. I've been faithful to the king and the king of all people signs a law that incriminates my walk with God. No matter who comes against you, if you're doing the right thing, if you're living for God, God will sustain his man and his woman. He will say, that man is in my hands, brother, brother Lorenzo. He's in my hands. I'm going to look out for this man, this woman. I'm going to, I'm going to take care of them. And no matter what happens, no matter how much hell rages against your life, and, and even in this particular setting tonight, no matter how much hell rages against this church, and you say, well, there's not a lot of people here tonight. And you know what? God is, God's moving. The devil's fighting. But you know what? In spite of all that, I'm going to pray. I'm going to fast. I'm going to witness. I'm going to do everything in my power. And by the grace of God, amen, I'm not throwing stones. I'm not going to fault people. But I'm going to say, God, we're going to do everything you called us to do. And by the grace of God, we'll see revival. We'll see victory. We'll see triumph. Amen. We'll see healing. We'll see recovery. We'll see redemption. In Jesus' name. And when all of hell rages and everything comes against you, you be faithful. You be faithful. Daniel didn't get bitter with King Darius. Daniel didn't get bitter with the princes and the, and the, and the presidents and the governors of the land. He just, I'm going to pray. 
I'm going to live for God. I'm going to do what's right. Amen. King Darius fell into a particular trap that I want to call out tonight. King Darius fell into a trap that was set for him by those around him. He had never contemplated the effect of his decree or he would not have signed it. His rash obligation led to disastrous results. It is wrong to decide on a course which will affect the future, your future, someone else's future, on the mere impulses of the present. It is wrong, and you're going to set yourself on a course for destruction. If you make decisions, which course you're going to take when you are uh, allowing mere impulse of the present situation to dictate to you. Let's not be a church that's reactionary. Let's not be a church that's reactionary. Let's not, let's not be a people that make key decisions in a time of struggle, in a, in a trial, in a trying time in our lives. And we say, well, we're just going to do this. I'm just going to leave because I don't like that. Or I'm going to go here because I don't like that. Or I'm, No, let's, let's not make big decisions based off mere impulses of the present situation. If, if, if a decision must be made, it should be made after prayer for guidance from him who lives in that future. And this applies more particularly when, as in the case of Darius, our decision affects the happiness of others. Darius made a decision based off the, the present impulses of him and those around him and did not fully consider the ramifications of his decisions. There are decisions you and I are going to be faced with, amen, even today or in the next few weeks, months, amen, that if, if you're not careful, you'll make a decision, amen, that will have disastrous results for you and your family and your life because you make up of mere impulses in the present situation. Instead of saying, I'm going to consider this after prayer and fast and allow God to show me what's going to happen, what I need to do, amen, every time I get to praying around here, I get to pray, God, show me what you want me to do. Give me direction. God, give me wisdom. God, help me to know the right path. Help me to know the right thing. Every day, every day I'm praying that prayer. God, give me the wisdom. God, don't let me make mistakes. God, help me to go forward. Help me to do the right thing. And if you will uh, make prayer a priority and a regular ongoing practice in your life, God will give you the wisdom to deal with difficult situations. And I believe God would have helped Darius to make the right decision if he would have been a man like Daniel, a man of prayer and fasting. But I'm talking tonight, amen, that God doesn't forget his children. Amen. And when you're going through different phases and places and and times in your life, amen, God sees exactly where you and I are. God knows exactly where abundant life center is on this Wednesday night. God knows exactly where uh, where my family is, where your family is on this Wednesday night. And God is God is uh, God is looking upon this group of people. And God sees you where you are tonight. Amen. None of us here tonight are invisible. And I pray to God we don't feel that way either. Amen. But God has his eyes upon this group of people tonight. And when Daniel, amen, was let down into that lion's den, 
Amen. He probably didn't know the full extent of what would happen when he would go through that trial in his life. But he knew one thing. When I get down to the bottom of that lion's den, I'm going to do like I always did. I'm going to pray. Morning, noon, night. I'm just going to keep praying. If the lions try to disturb you, then so be it. I'm just going to keep praying. I'm going to keep doing what I know to do in the trying times of my life. Maybe you're going through a trying time in your life. And you're questioning, wondering everything. That's not the time to stop doing the will of God and stop living for God and praying and seeking God. That's the time to stay consistent. Because when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for what? Thou art with me. And you've got to make sure when you're going through the valley and you're going through the shadow of death that he stays with you. That when you're walking through that valley, God, I want to make sure I still got your hand in my hand, God. When I'm going through the trying times in my life, when I'm sick, when I'm dying, when I'm in the hospital, when I'm in financial distress, God, I want to make sure that I got your hand tight and I'm squeezing your hand, God, and you're still walking with me, Lord. When I walk in the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear, for thou art with me. I'm going to walk with him, amen, in the good times and in the bad times. And Daniel purpose, no matter what happens in my life, I'm going to live for God. And when God's children live that way, God, you can rest assured, God doesn't forget about his children. And God doesn't neglect his kids. Amen. God's kids are not malnourished kids. God's kids are not stray kids. He knows where they're at at all times. He's watching them. He's taking care of them. And I I love to have a God like that in my life that's always looking out for me. Amen. Whether it was Daniel walking through, uh, going into a lion's den and being tested, amen, for his faith and his walk with God. Or whether it was the three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, amen, that were cast into the fiery furnace for their faith in God. For not bowing down to the idol, not bowing down to the king, amen, not worshiping the false god, amen. Those three Hebrew boys, amen, the Bible says were cast into the fiery furnace that was turned up seven times hotter. And when they went into the fire, amen, God went with them. Amen. Just like Psalms 23, God was with them. God was with them. God was with them. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. And God is with this church tonight. God's walking with this church tonight. God's in this place tonight. He's walking these aisles tonight. His presence is here tonight. And you can have whatever you need from him tonight. And I believe that God's going to give somebody tonight the strength that they need in their body, in their mind, in their soul. Amen. To know that, you know, if I'm going through a trying time, if I'm going through a situation in my life, God's walking with me. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. God is not forgotten about me. Psalms chapter 97, verse number one says, The Lord reigneth. Let the earth rejoice. Let the multitude of isles be glad thereof. Clouds and darkness are round about him. Righteousness and judgment are the habitation of his throne. A fire goeth before him and burneth up his enemies round about. His lightnings enlightened the world. The earth saw and trembled. The hills melted like wax at the presence of the Lord. At the presence of the Lord of the whole earth. The heavens declare his righteousness and all the people 
see His glory. That looks like to me the picture of a God that's in absolute control of this world. That scripture there to me looks like God is in absolute control of this world. And God's not just in control of the world at large. But God's in control of this world, my world, your world. He's in control. And when I go through trying times in my life, when I go through difficult situations, I remember the words of uh, the psalmist in 121 and verse number one. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not suffer my foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber nor sleep. He that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. God wants to walk with us. God wants to be in us. God wants to to be there to help guide us through this life. This thing we call life. Another verse of scripture I want to read in your hearing tonight is found in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 7. So many people are letting fear rule their lives. Fear of failure. Fear of the unknown. Amen. Fear of the devil. Fear of the power of hell. And they're afraid. Fear of being hurt, fear of everything. There's the spirit of fear is working. But 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 7 says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. I believe that Daniel walked into that lion's den with a power that came from God. Love in his heart and a sound mind. Amen. The power that's referenced in 2 Timothy 1 and 7 is the power to encounter foes and dangers. It's the power to bear up under trials. It's the power to triumph in persecutions. You say, well, I'm going through a trying time in my life. I'm going through a situation. God has not given us a spirit of fear. Where we cower in defeat and say, well, I'm just going to stay back in my room and, and keep it dark. And I'm just going to uh, be depressed and I'm not going not to face the devil today because I'm afraid. God's not giving us a spirit of fear. Amen. But of power and of love and a sound mind. God has given you and I the power of the Holy Ghost to overcome. God's given you uh, his spirit, which God is love. And so therefore, when you get God on the inside, you truly get him down deep on the inside. You can love everybody. I wonder to, I wonder many times if, if people uh, that are uh, at just bitter all the time and angry all the time and they're spite and they're fighting fault, if they really got the Holy Ghost. Because when I get the Holy Ghost, I get a lot of love on the inside. When I get the Holy Ghost, I, I, I want to love. I want to hug a brother. I want to shake a hand of a sister. I, I want to I tell someone, I love you. And you know, you could have slapped me in the face a few moments before, but if I get the Holy Ghost, I can shake your hand and say, I love you. 
God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love. Amen. That word power is that there is a force that is at work in your life. There's miraculous power that God wants to give this church tonight. There is miraculous power that God wants to give this church. And there is a dominion in the Holy Ghost that God wants to give this church. If we are faithful and we are consistent and we're prayed up and we're living for God. Amen. We can have that dominion like Daniel had. The Bible doesn't tell us if we prayed a specific prayer when we got into the lion's den. We, our minds can only surmise what took place and what happened in that den of lions. Amen. But I, I can imagine if it was me and I was being cast into the a den of lions. And when I'm, I'm shouting the whole way down in the name of Jesus, I take authority over every lion and I'm taking dominion. I, I, bind, I pray God you shut the mouths and you begin to take authority and you begin to take dominion. And if you're going into a situation, amen, that is opposing, it's, a, it's against what you're trying to do. And you begin to take authority in the Holy Ghost and say, God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And by the grace of God, I'm not going to just be delivered from this. I'm going to say, God, help me to go through this trial and help me to emerge victorious with the testimony of the saving grace and power of God in my life. Amen. God gave us, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. He's literally given you the courage, amen, to stand against all of hell and to fight back, amen, and to, and to love in spite of the hate that's spewed against you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Nothing will do more to inspire courage, to make a man fearless of danger, or ready to endure persecution than love. See, that's kind of crazy. That's a water. No, that's not a water down. When you got a love of country, you got a love for your wife, your husband, a love for your children, your home. I would say 99%, I'd say 100% of honorable men, if an intruder breaks into their home, they're fighting to the death against that person who's going to seek harm in their, their home because they love their family with all their heart. When you love God with all your heart, you will fight hell and say, there's no way hell is going to have a stronghold in my home. There's no way hell is coming into my home and going to wreak havoc because I got the love of God in my heart and I love my family, I love my God and I'm not going to allow the enemy to creep into my home to creep into my home but the devil slides sometimes the devil slides sometimes and he may not come in as that big, burly muscle bound man sometimes they'll come into your home in the form of television or a smartphone that is perfectly innocent, but it's an avenue to open you up to lots of struggles and lots of trials. You've got to be on guard. The devil's not going to come into my home and wreak havoc. I love him too much. And that word of a sound mind, and we're quickly coming to a close, that word of a sound mind, the Greek word denotes one of a sober mind, a man of prudence and discretion. The state referred to here is that in which the mind is well balanced and, un, and under right influences. A sound mind under the right influences. I get a sound mind by coming to church. 
when I stay home or if I I'm constantly watching Hollywood or looking at magazines I'm losing that sound mind because the right influences are going away in my life and the wrong ones are coming in many translations actually uh, uh, translate the word of a sound mind and they say a self-control self-discipline a sound mind I'm going to be disciplined in what I allow to affect me. Because God has given me the ability to have power, to have love, and to have some self-control. And I'm not given to every whim of the flesh. The spirit of self-control, this will enable the servant of Christ to keep his whole being in subject and subjection to the Lord. Apart from all of the solicitations of the world. And to regulate Life with the due regard to its duties, its labors, and its cares. Amen. Why don't we stand to our feet tonight? Amen. I like us. Uh, there's one more verse of scripture I'm going to leave with tonight, and we're going to take a few moments and seek the Lord and be dismissed. But Isaiah chapter 43 and verse number one, it says like this. But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel. Fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. In this verse, these verses, God doesn't show that he delivered them out of the waters, out of the fire, out of the river. But God took them through it. Can I tell someone tonight, God wants to take you through some stuff. God wants to take you and I through some stuff. To show you that he's got the power to see you through. So you can rely upon him. If you're swimming in a river that's got a wild current, a wild, uh, just an unruly current, and it seeks to, uh, to drown you, you scream out for help. You reach and you grab a hold of something, someone. And if you do that and someone reaches out and helps you, you can get through it. But without that, you might not reach out to him. But God wants to take someone through some stuff tonight and say, I'm going to be with you in the midst of your trial. I'm going to be with you in the midst of the lion's den, in the midst of the fiery furnace, in the midst of that river, that water, that it looks like it's going to overtake you, overflow you. I'm going to give you the strength. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to hold your hand. And you're going to learn a closeness in God that you've never experienced before. Because God is going to prove himself faithful to you and I tonight. God doesn't forget his children. God knows where you are tonight. And God is able to sustain you and to keep you. Amen. Why don't you throw your hands in the air and let's just talk to the Lord for a few moments tonight. Lord.